Folks, welcome back to Growth Triggers. This is a segment focusing on all matters, games, and industry growth hosted by Eric Suford, owner of Mobile Dev Memo, and yours truly, Mishkin Katkoff, founder of Deconstructor Fun. In this episode, we discuss audio ads for games. It's not a new thing. In fact, audio ads is the oldest way to deliver an ad from one human to another. So in this podcast, we discuss the thesis behind audio ads on mobile in the post-IDFA era, go into the weeds on how audio ads work, and of course, discuss the monetization potential they offer. Hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Stay in touch. Do you have the tools to turn your insights into action? Let's be honest, not all marketing activities are created equal. AppSlyer's analytics suite simplifies its complex data and gives you a unified view of campaign performance so you can make better, faster marketing choices at every stage of the customer journey. The goal is to create exceptional experiences that keep customers engaged. To succeed, you need to meet your customers where they are. AppSlyer's customer experience and engagement suite, powered by a reliable deep linking engine, lets you create personalized journeys that increase conversion and return on every experience. In addition, AppSlyer is going to keep your budget safe from mobile ad fraud. Bots and click farms aren't going to generate revenue for you. That's why you need a comprehensive fraud protection solution to make sure you're investing in the right channels and only measuring and paying for real actions. Are you ready to start making good choices? Great. Go to AppSlyer.com and get yourself an attribution partner you deserve. I think what's become clearer, certainly in the last few years, as competition in the game industry has really stepped up, is that there's a fundamental difference between a great game and a great game business. You know, you could be super lucky, your game is an instant hit, it's resonating with users, but for when that's not the case, or even when you just want to take your game growth to the next level, that's where we come in. So we've developed a really incredible platform that's designed to make you as powerful and as capable as possible in growing your game whether that's growing your game revenue or growing your user base. That was Melissa Zeloff, VP of Marketing at IronSource. Welcome, 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 everybody, to Growth Triggers episode. In this one, we're going to talk about audio ads for games. And as always, we have my co-host, Eric Soifert. Uh, owner of Mobile Dev Memo, analyst, investor, DJ, stand-up comedian, and a dad. One of those is not true, but you guys can decide. Uh, Eric, welcome back to the podcast. Nice and, to be here. Um, yeah. Uh, did I pronounce your surname correct? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, our honored guest today is Amit Monite, CEO of Audio uh, uh uh, an audio ads company that has recently raised $1 million in funding to create new kinds of ads for mobile games. Amit, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much, Mishka. It's a great pleasure being here today. So let's, Amit, let's start, let's start with you since we're talking about audio ads and let's start with audio and the way you type, like the way you spell audio is O-D-E-E-O. Yes, so O-D-E-E-O. Yes, that's correct. O-D-E-E-O. Yeah, yes. so you run a Tel Aviv-based company that aims to help publishers monetize better with non-intrusive audio ads that respect players' experience and privacy. What are you doing? What what is going on? It's it's a great question, and and obviously, you know, um, well, myself and my co-founder Alad, uh, we were coming from Iron Source, 
we were working there for eight years. So, you know, we've, we've been seeing the growth of mobile gaming firsthand over there at Iron Source with their amazing, you know, SDK monetization platform and today with their own studio. And we've been able to see, you know, the opportunities that uh, were growing into space. And since, you know, we, we spotted that free to play mobile gaming obviously is one of the most popular, you know, ways of gaming today. And therefore, most of those games are heavily monetized with ads. And, you know, even though users today are, let's say, accepting this value exchange between a freemium content and advertising, still there is a very thin line of, you know, where you want to put your users in terms of the aggressiveness and the frequency of ads that you're using. And, you know, during the last, let's say, 10 years or so, video advertising has been explosive through the space. And we've been seeing, you know, a lot of those ads, whether it's interstitials, whether it's rewarded videos, very intrusive ads, locking the screen to users, taking it out of the game for 30 seconds. And, you know, we immediately understood that there are a lot of opportunities for innovation within the space and that one of the areas that could be potentially interesting would be audio. So this is where it started from. And this is where, you know, we started thinking about the concept and the idea. But most importantly, you know, we, we came to realize that audio had one very large benefit over the other existing ad formats. And this was that audio allows gamers to continue their gameplay time with no interruptions, meaning they're able to keep on playing while consuming the ad in the background rather than having to pause their game and watching those video ads. So this is where it all started from. This is where we started, you know, initiating the idea and researching about it. And we saw that, you know, there's a very, very high potential within that space. Mm, got it. And and it's a little bit different than audio ads and podcasts because everybody who's listening right now has gone through a bunch of audio ads. Uh, but with podcasts, they're probably doing something else than playing. So they've been, uh, half of them have been skipped. I see the data. Half of you have skipped those ads. How dare you? Uh, but, but anyways, uh, Eric, you were one of the first investors through Mobile Dev Memo and what did you see in audio? It's like, what made you believe uh, so that you invested in Nami's company? So I was the first investor, uh, the oh, first yeah. committed <laughs> money in uh, for the pre-seed uh, through the Mobile Dev Memo Syndicate. It was it was one of the last investments uh, that that I that we made through the syndicate. A um, couple things, right? So I thought, first of all, um, you know, any you know, anytime you're kind of doing a pre-seed deal, the 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 team kind of the composition of the team and the the background of the team and and you know the the experience of the team looms very large, right, in the decision making process. And I just felt that, you know, the 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 founding team at Odeo was was very very strong, right. I mean, first of all, coming from, you know, Iron Source, which is just uh, you know a, a fantastic uh, executor, right, a fantastic sort of growth company. Um, you know, being from you know the ad tech capital of the world uh, in Tel Aviv, being right there, mm-hmm. just kind of in the thick of it. Um, you know, it, it just seemed like, well, the team is really, really poised to take this space. Um, and I think it would be cool in just a second to, for, uh, I mean, maybe you could just kind of walk through your background because I mean, that, that really was a, a big selling point, but the other, the other was just that this is the direction that the market is moving in. Right. Um, if you think about, you know, ATT and what that's changing, that's, that's changing, um, you know, the sort of relevance of these ads and the performance of these ads, right? Like the, the, the sort of, uh, the, the impact of these ads is going to be lower just in terms of like resonating with, with users, right? And that's just unavoidable. That's something that you can't really 
um, you, you can't really build tools to address that, right? Because that's that's on the platform side. That that this is like uh, you've you've just you've just removed a lot of data from that from that targeting process that that you can't replace with a tool. There's no sort of third party tool that can do that. And so you just have to sort of live with that. But what does living with that look like? Well, it probably means you have to change the way that these ads are integrated into games, right? And an ad can't be like a totally disruptive experience anymore, right? Because I think, you know, hyper casual developers and and casual developers, they just sort of like live with the the churn uh, effect of these ads because, well, you know, the CPMs are high and and we're making a lot of money from them and it's just a cost of doing business. But that cost of doing business is going to be too high uh, to sort of to be acceptable anymore. And so what you've got to do is you've got to re- reduce that cost of doing business because the prices are dropping, right? So if the price, if the the money that that these ads yield uh, is lower, um, then you have to increase the number of ads that people see. And the only way you do that is by sort of uh, reducing the churn or sort of increasing increasing the retention. Well, how's, what's the best way to do that? It's, it's to not have these ads be retentive, disruptive, right? Th- these ads need to sort of um, organically fit into gameplay in a way that doesn't take users uh, totally out of the game and make them want to just close the app, right? And so audio ads, that's the solution, right? You know, if you've seen the... Um, you know, Odeo spec, or you've seen Odeo ads out in the wild, which, which maybe you have at this point, it's a, it's a sort of icon that sits in the top of the app. Um, and the ad plays in the background, but you still have total access to gameplay, right? So it's not going to disrupt the, the game, you know, the in-game experience. It's going to let you continue playing. And so it's not going to reduce retention. It's not going to serve as a friction point. Whereas, you know, pop-up interstitial game stopping Mm -hmm. ads previously did. And so this just kind of fits into this new ATT paradigm where if we're going to make less money on ads, then we've got to get more sessions out of the user. If we want to get more sessions out of the user, then ads can't be frictional, right? They've got to just fit into the gameplay experience. And that's exactly what you're doing. So, um, okay. So how does it work in practice? Like, do people have to play with sounds? Like, like, I mean, can you, can you walk us through the practicalities sure. of, of, of your product? Sure. So, so obviously, you know, in terms of how does it work in practice? So obviously, you know, what happens is that we have two different formats that we're using. One would be a standard audio mode, which would be the equivalent for an interstitial, which is basically a developer initiated ad in that sense. So you can think of, you know, a welcome audio for that example. So think of a user going into a new level in the screen in the game, sorry. And then an audio ad accompanies him into the screen itself. So it could be a 15 second ad, it could be a 20 to 30 second ad, but still this gives it the ability to go into the gameplay, having this ad running in the background and accompanies the gameplay. And then mm-hmm. on the other say, side, we also have our rewarded audio ad unit, which is, you know, is a pure takeoff on probably the most successful ad unit within the mobile gaming space, the rewarded video. So, you know, obviously seeing this, high opt-in rates that reward video, you know, um, uh, generates today. So we do have the understanding that users really like, you know, the uh, um, opportunity of being able to redeem those in-game rewards for the exchange of either watching videos or 30-second videos. But then with rewarded audio, the understanding is that a user could simply click the button run the audio ad in the background and instantly go back into the gameplay. So again, let's take a car racing game, for example. So the user crashes his car after reaching, you know, a specific location within the track. And then he wants to 
reinitiate the driving from that same spot. So usually what would happen is that he would have the button to click the reward video, watch the 30 second video, and then only go back into the game from that same point. But with rewarded audio, we're giving the user the ability to instantly go back into that same point while initiating the ad in the background. Mm-hmm. So this is pretty much how, how it's working, you know, high level in terms of the different formats that we're providing today. But we're seeing very, very good traction, you know, and, and very good feedbacks from the game developers that are first able to, you know, use a new monetization tool within their monetization mix. And second, mm-hmm. as Eric mentioned before, you know, using a non-intrusive app format that potentially has the opportunity to increase session time retention for the user. So it's more of a player-centric approach in that sense. And this is pretty much, you know, the idea and the concept that we're trying to bring into the space today. How do you check that the, or does the, uh, does a, does a platform check that players have their sounds on or is there like a pop-up that says you have to turn your sounds off and if you turn them down during the, uh, during the ad, they, they go on and, and so forth. Like, how does it work? And also, I've noticed, I don't know if, if this is, I mean, you would know this data, I don't know myself, but I've noticed that I personally tend to nowadays play while listening to a podcast or, or Spotify. Yeah. So does it override that? Like, how does it how does it go through these edge cases? So, so first of all, it's it's a great question and a great example of what you gave because you know mm. from our data using our technology today, we're able to detect on device volume. We're able to detect whether the device is set on mute or on mute, and with this data, we're able to then you know act accordingly. So, for example, in that sense, that you know a user would be on mute, for example, and would have the standard audio message coming in. So obviously, he will not hear the audio message. And in that sense, we also won't count it as an audible impression because, you know, the, the idea obviously is to deliver audio ads mm-hmm. to, let's say, real eardrums in that sense and to be able to deliver audible impressions, but in the sense of rewarded audio. So obviously, if the user chose to opt in and to listen to a rewarded audio message and the device would be set on mute. So since we are identifying this or we're detecting you know, this option, we're able to then prompt a message to the user that something like, hey, you have to unmute your phone in order to get the reward or to redeem the reward. So this is how we're tackling it today. But, you know, for your question, I can tell you that, you know, from the data that we have today, we see that over 70% of the gamers are playing with their sound on. So, you know, oh, wow. there are situations in which a single game could have 100% or 95% with users playing on sound on. But then another game could be with 30, 40, 50%. So it really varies between different games and genres. But the overall percentage that we're seeing, and I would assume that you know it relates more to what you just mentioned, Mishka, because nowadays a lot of the gamers are you know doing multitasking while listening to podcasts, listening to their favorite music on Spotify, and then just playing their game. So in that sense, our, our technology also knows to identify these situations as well. So whether it's in-game music, whether it's a third-party app music, again, Spotify, Pandora, it doesn't really matter. We know to identify that in-game music or third-party music is being played. And when the audio ad initiated, so we are fading out this music and bringing up the audio ad until it ends and bringing back the music from that same point. Because again, the idea is to create some sort of a more seamless kind of experience in that sense. Got it. And, and you've been, the product, your, your platform has been out for several months now. So what types of games does it fit with? Because 
I assume hyper casual games, I assume RPG games, strategy games where you don't have that much intensity in the gameplay, but at the same time, I assume that shooters would be totally wrong type of a games where you're actually trying to hear what's going on. So uh, what kind of games have you been trying with and, and what have been the, uh, the cases with those? So I think that, you know, for us in terms of the go-to-market strategy or where we started off from was, you know, our bread and butter, which is the casual or more specifically the hyper-casual genre, you know, looking at the space, seeing hyper-casual at 95% ad monetization based, we knew that these are the areas that, you know, would be more prone or more receptive into testing new ad formats in that sense. So this is where we started from. But, you know, in terms of your question, I guess that, you know, audio advertising could be a perfect fit for almost every genre, maybe except shooters in that sense. But, you know, it could be a good fit for social casino game, even when we're talking rewarded audio. And then, you know, the user, for example, is playing a blackjack or the roulette. And I don't know, he wants to get another spin of the roulette. And then, I don't know, he's out of money. So what he will do, Mm -hmm. he will watch a rewarded video and then, you know, stay out of the game for 30 seconds. But again, with us, we're giving them the, him the ability to instantly go back into gameplay time, having more uh, coins or another spin. And then it, ultimately, it will you know increase retention time and session time in the game as well. So it could be for casual, it could be for social gaming, it could be for RPG games. You know, there is a very different um, you know approach for each and every genre in that sense. But what we're seeing right now, obviously, casual and hyper casual would be the you know biggest genre to to fit our solution right now. But moving forward, we plan on providing solutions to even you know high IAP based games with new developments that we have in the pipe right now. So we feel that as a standard right now, again, casual and hyper casual would be the ideal targets for us. But we're also talking to very large players from. Again, social casino space and the other genres as well, mm-hmm. because we feel that there is high potential in those areas too. Yeah, yeah I think that's it's a, it's a, go ahead, Eric. Yeah. I, I think it's, all, it's important to flag here that you know that's more or less the market for ads, anyway, right? I mean, like shooters, forex strategy, you know, yep. you know, uh, RPG. They don't really use ads to monetize anyway. I think no. this could this could cause you know some of those games to rethink that. I think this could create some opportunities for those games, but those games are not, they can't, they, they simply can't. Those, those users are too valuable to sort of um, impose any friction on gameplay and potentially turn people away. But so I think like here, you, you maybe are creating an opportunity for those types of games to implement ads, but you know, to begin with, they don't really do that. Um, I think also another potential in- application of this that could be interesting is, you know, um, non-gaming apps, right. That yeah. either utilize some kind of audio streaming in the first place, like, um, you know, Spotify has, you know, an ads team and they own Anchor and stuff. But thinking about like a Twitter spaces, right? Um, you know, I could see that this, this, I could see this potentially integrating pretty well there. Um, or, you know, like a clubhouse, right? Like this seems like an easy fit, yeah. um, into any kind of like audio driven experience. It doesn't necessarily have to be games. I mean, I, obviously, I think games is the first play, it's, it's the first beachhead. Right, but you know, there's, there's, I think, a multitude of opportunities here. One, one thing I think it'd be, it'd be cool for people to hear about is just the, the background of the founding team because I mean, that's, that's just so important. Um, sure. You know, especially any, any kind of mobile ad tech product, you, you've got to have. I, I feel like you want the founding team to have like deep background in mobile ad tech. It's like not the kind of thing where I was like, oh, I had an idea, um, 
And, you know, I think this would make apps better. And, and I can, you know, it's really hard to build mobile ad tech without that kind of like hands-on deep experience. I think it'd be great just to hear more about your background and, and the sure. founding team. Sure. So, so like I said in the beginning, so uh, I came from IronSource. This is where I spent most of my professional career. This is where I met uh, my co-founder and my partner a lot. Um, and you know, during our time at IronSource, which was pretty much from the early days of IronSource, it was a different company back then. It wasn't mobile focused at all, but it was pure ad tech company. You know, dealing with multiple uh, uh, verticals within the online advertising space and all of the years that we spent there, you know, taught us so much in terms of, you know, the ad tech space in general. But, you know, there isn't any ad format that we haven't worked on, you know, from search monetization to downloads to video advertising to native advertising. So we've pretty much seen it all. And then pretty much to the end of the time that we spent at IronSource, this is when mobile started, you know, pretty much exploding, you know, after the acquisition of Supersonic back at uh, 2015, if I'm not mistaken. And then the SDK network started rising up and growing. And obviously, you know, being there, seeing firsthand again, you know, the scale and the aggressiveness of Iron Source had gave us so much in that sense that, you know, we felt that we're pretty much ready to go on our own journey, on our own route, giving all the expertise and uh, different skills that we acquired during that time. But I think that, you know, even after Iron Source, and, and this is where it, it was connected for me, at least to the audio space, uh, I spent a very short time in a, another Israeli-based startup, uh, a voice-based startup. Uh, this is where I came to, you know, understand about the different opportunities within the audio space. Uh, I was, I had zero understanding of audio before I joined them. Obviously, I knew everything about the other formats, but then audio was a whole new business for me. And I've seen so many opportunities in that space, like, you know, whether it's in terms of performance advertising, whether it's in terms of measurement, like there were so many different aspects that felt that this ad format is so premature compared to the other ad formats that we're, you know, so used to, to see today. And then when, when you think about audio, this is pretty much the, one of the oldest, you know, formats that exists. Like it originates from radio advertising yeah this alone a $30 billion a year industry in the US. And most of the ads that are coming into digital have been repurposed from the you know, standard radio space. And we've seen you know, within the audio, again, many opportunities and talking to the different advertisers and brands within this space, we understood that connecting them into the gaming space could be, you know, huge benefit for them since, and, and you talked about podcast advertising before and the differences. Mm -hmm. So I guess that the main differences, difference is, is the scale, you know, and when we're looking at the podcast, uh, you know, space, the music streaming space, it's very large. It's, you know, it's very big, but again, when you try to think about, you know, the different ad spot opportunities that you have within a streaming app or within a podcast app, then, you know, it really is so little to what you can do on the mobile gaming side. And I believe that this is what attracted us most, you know, seeing the vast size of this space and understanding that given our expertise from the space, from Iron Source, and the understanding of the audio space puts us in a very good position to try and really conquer this market. So you mentioned one thing that that is absolutely fact, that audio ads is probably the, um, the first type of ads that have been in, in media. How much brand ads are coming, like, like 
branded ads is also the, the one thing that I've been hearing for the past 10 years, that these are going to come into mobile. These are going to come into mobile. The, the eCPMs are going to be incredibly high. But with audio ads, I think there's probably a better opportunity to kind of bring them because I know with previously, they've been very wary with the, um, with the campaigns, especially in games. Brands have been very, very uh, because of the different restrictions and the different way that we show these ads and and the different ways we we you know the 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 CPIs are just too high. But is there a better chance to get branded ads through audio ads into so, games and other apps? Yeah, so 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 absolutely. So you know today, audio advertising is again ninety ninety percent brand ads. So most of the ads that you you'll hear today in audio would be brand ads on the podcast side. You'll find some. Exactly. Like you guys are doing host in read native ads, which are probably mm-hmm. the top performance within the podcasting yeah. space. But this is not really something that will work well in the gaming. So we start again, different variations and we're testing them to, you know, see how performance audio really performs. But to your question, most of the ads today would be branded ads. And then going back to, to Eric's point about ATT and IDFA, you know, obviously performance advertising and what rules mobile gaming today. So when you're looking at interstitials, rewarded videos, banners, it's all performance-based. And brands, even though everybody's talking that this is always the year of the brands for mobile gaming, so they were unable to compete. You know, their CPMs weren't as high as those eCPMs that are generated through the rewarded videos or interstitials, and they just couldn't compete. And now with our solution, suddenly, you know, we allow those brands to play in a whole new territory with a new real estate. It doesn't interrupt the game. It has all the measurements, and this is what we're building right now with them and with the verification companies to be able to provide the brands also the understanding of the value that Mm -hmm. this format could deliver for them. Um, So Mm -hmm. again, most of the ads are brands, but we're seeing or we're starting to see performance ads within the space, but we have high hopes for performance as well, whether it's, you know, strict app install ads, whether it's cross promo. So there are a lot of, you know, different uh, uh, developments that we're working on. So we're hoping to be able to share more data moving forward after we complete the testing. But we see very, we have very high hopes for for these kind of uh, uh, verticals as well. Can you talk about the tech that you're building? Sure, sure. So, you know, what we started off from is building our own SDK. Um, we started probably, you know, with the lowest hanging fruit, targeting Unity developers with the understanding that mo- more than 70% of the games today have been developed on Unity. Uh, moving on forward, we added our native support as well, both iOS and Android also, not just Unity. But in terms of the SDK that we've built, so again, one of the main capabilities that we've developed is the on-device analysis, being able to detect the device volume at any given time being able to identify whether a third-party app or an in-game music app is being played, uh, measuring the device volume, and even knowing how to you know, find the right balance of the audio ad volume. So when you, when you think about you know, the experience today within a radio advertising, you get this shouting experience that it's cool for radio. You know, It's mm-hmm. very good. But when we're talking about a gaming environment, and a user is very, or a gamer is very engaged into the game. So we want to create a more of, again, uh, um, some kind of a seamless experience that would still be audible in terms of, you know, listen. So the user would listen to the ad, but won't be as shouting 
as the original radio experience. So in terms of technology, we're also, you know, measuring the device volume and then trying to create some kind of a more ease of sound, let's call it, you know, experience for the users. Um, but moving on forward, you know, we've developed more capabilities, not just on the uh, device volume uh, um, area, but also uh, with our demand partners in terms of the bidding uh, and being able to provide them the opportunity to bid on our inventory using our bidding algorithm. Um, so this is one of the additional areas that we worked on. And in terms of moving forward on, on the technical side, so we plan on you know, creating more deep tech AI-based solutions for the audio space, specifically for the advertiser space. And this relates more to you know, what I mentioned about radio advertising versus digital audio advertising. So in our vision, digital audio advertising should be more of a short format, some kind of a sound bites ad. If you guys are familiar with branded sounds or sonic branding, mm-hmm. so these are the areas that you know we plan on taking this forward to. So whether it's the ability to create, you know, multiple creatives based on different variations, whether it relates to uh, the time of the day, whether it relates to the weather outside, whether it relates to different you know triggers that we have within the game. So we're pretty much you know trying to wrap it up from all the areas and being able to provide a good solution on the technical side for both the developers, which is where we're focused first and foremost, but also on the audio advertiser side of the business. Um, I wanted to talk about the monetization part. So um, what's the, uh, what's the ArpDAO developers is looking at with, with audio ads and how does that compare to other ad units? Say, uh, playable ads or rewarded videos. So, so again, another great question because obviously this is what game developers are looking to understand. Yeah. You know whether we're able to deliver at the end of the day, and what we promise in our value proposition is incremental revenue uplift in that sense. And I can't really share exact ARPDAO numbers, but from what we've been seeing with our partners today, we've been seeing anywhere between 5 to 20% ARPDAO uplift that we have been able to generate for them on their existing traffic. So in that sense, and again, when you're talking about hyper-casual developers, so mm-hmm. even a percent for them you know, is still something that matters and gives them either you know, opportunities to invest more budget into UA activities or simply, you know, enjoy a higher margin in that sense. So we are able to see, you know, this incremental ARPDAO uh, uplift mm-hmm. that we're generating. Again, it's somewhere between 5 to 20%. We've just released our first case study, actually, uh, with one of our um, uh, first partners, Game Jam. Uh, so the case study is available on our blog. Um, and we've been seeing with Game Jam 15% ARPDAO uplift across the board and across all of their portfolio of games after six months of working with them. So it sure seems like, you know, in terms of the uplift, that was very significant to start with. But even after a period of six months, we've been seeing that, you know, it's still valid and sustainable mm. in terms of the ARPDA uplift that it generates for our partners today. That's super cool. I'll, I'll actually link the, um, in, in the description of this podcast, awesome. you'll be able to find a link to the, uh, the study with Game Jam. Let's take a little break and talk about how to boost your live ops. Now, we all know that you need great people and fantastic tools to get the most out of your live games. And I'm sure you got the people part covered. 
but how fantastic your tools truly are. Well, listen, if your game is made with Unity, you need to check out Beamable. Beamable is like an operating system for live games built in Unity. Beamable simplifies everything from updating your game to selling all those cool in-game items with special offers. And when it comes to live events and competitive features like leaderboards, Beamable got you covered. And Beamable is not only for your product folks. With visual prefabs for Unity and the ability to keep all your server code in C-sharp means life is simpler for your programmers, and most importantly, you'll get to the market faster. If much lower cost of development and efficiency of operations is your jam, then Beamable is your toast. Go to Beamable.com because Deconstructor of Fun told you so. Now, since you've been working with Game Jam for half a year, what has been the best way to increase the uh, ARP DAO in audio ads? And also, has as they've so Game Jam has is a, is a hyper casual publish uh, yes, developer and a publisher with games like the uh, Takashi Six Nine and Marshmallow Runner type of a games. Uh, so a little bit different type of hyper casual games with branded. Um, when they've implemented audio ads, was that um, was that an added ad unit to their existing ad units or did it take away from existing ad units? So basically two questions like, did it take away? And then what were the strategies to increase uh, audio ad uh, revenues? So so in general, audio ads are complementary to all of the other existing ad formats that your, your game developer would be using today. In that sense, you know, since we're providing our own direct SDK integration, and like Eric mentioned, we have our own proprietary icon ad unit that is non-dependent on the banner or any other visual element on the screen. It could live, you know, as an independent monetization solution. But the way we see it is, you know, audio advertising should be a tool in the game developer's monetization toolbox that will allow them to better balance their aggressiveness and their frequency of ads, being able to, let's say, diversify it with audio advertising. So in that sense, it's 100% complementary. It doesn't replace anything. And honestly, you know, we don't think that this will replace the video advertising. We feel that audio advertising right now, again, it's very early stages, but, Mm -hmm. you know, we feel that moving a year uh, uh, from now, we will be seeing more and more audio advertising as a strategy within a developer monetization mix. So we definitely feel that, you know, it could be alongside, and this is how it's working with most of our developers today. And in terms of the best way of how to create incrementality. So obviously, again, we're talking about hyper casual publishers. So for them, the first and foremost idea is to generate more revenue out of each and every session that they're having with their Mm -hmm. users. So the best way for them was to simply, you know, shoot on the standard audio, audio ad unit, use it as a pure incremental revenue uplift tool, and then enjoy, you know, the revenues that it generates for them. So this is probably the easiest way to go. But on the other hand, you know, using rewarded audio as another, let's say, solution within the monetization mix gives them even more flexibility in terms of what they're able to deliver and eventually educates also the gamers on you know this new format that none of them really knows about so there's a lot of education that needs to be done here but still we are seeing that you know standard audio creates most incrementality to start with but now we're getting more and more adoption on the rewarded side as well and seeing that you know it definitely supports their incrementality and in terms of complementary so you know 
we're offering game developers, you know, simple A-B test to run how they're using their own monetization mix today with rewarded videos and interstitials and how it looks like, how it looks like while adding audio ads into the mix. So usually in most cases that we're testing, you know, we are able to see, you know, significant uh, uplift pretty much after a few days. So in that sense, I, I believe that, you know, most of the developers would be using a combination of both standard and reported to see the incrementality. That's really cool. So basically it's not either or, it's and. No. Nope. So it's just a totally additive element. Um, Eric, how uh what's what's your take on it? Like how how easily will publishers be jumping on audio ads? I mean, they have their existing audio unit and uh, not audio ad units. Uh everybody's kind of off interstitials. Um, do you see them adopting audio ads easily? And and what could be the sort of a um I don't know, the uh, the deal breaker for them not to jump on this. Well, I mean, I think when, um, you know, when this when the uh, pre-seed was announced, there was um, kind of like a chorus of, of people that were, uh, you know, making the argument that, look, you know, hey, I never play games with the audio turned on. People are not mm-hmm. going to hear these ads, it's, you know, it's not going to work. And, you know, this has been tried in the past too. Um, You know, my response to that is like, well, you know, Odeo has the stats. It's most people play with the the sound on. And, and then the other thing is like, I mean, if you associate this with, you know, as part of like a, uh, you know, as a component of core gameplay, just like, just like rewarded interstitials are now, then you just tell people, Hey, you can turn that, turn your sound on so you can get this reward and, Right. I mean, it's not that hard to motivate people to turn their sound on. Um, you know, the other the other piece of this is, you know, there are a couple of companies that chased this space, you know, five, six years ago and they didn't work. But, you know, the market has completely changed as a result of ATT. I mean, this is what makes this really special. Right. So, yeah, I mean, this didn't work a couple of years ago, but we're in a completely different environment now. And so and, and those changes specifically make this more attractive. So I think, you know, and just in terms of implementation, it's pretty simple. It's just like, you know, integrating any other, you know, ad network SDK, right? I think, um, you know, uh, the 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 kind of, uh, you know, adoption curve, you know, you probably expect it to, to be no different than playable ads, right? Um, which, you know, but, but, you know, th- this is much less, you know, frictional, right? I mean, playable ads are a totally new type of, of, of ad format, right? And, and it, that took off and became, you know, pretty substantial. And that still require, I mean, that talk about gameplay disruptive, right? <laughs> You're literally, you know, playing another game. Another right? game, so I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think, it, you know, it, so I, I don't, you know, the argument that like, oh, well, you've got to integrate a new thing. Well, lots of people did that for playables and it was no problem. So, um, you know, I think you can certainly innovate on ad formats. It's not like impossible. Um, you know, and then the integration here is actually, you know, j- was well, just as easy as integrating any, anything else. And, and, and the benefit, the, the sort of attractive quality is that it doesn't disrupt the gameplay. Right. And so I think if people were willing to integrate playables, certainly they're going to be willing to integrate a format that doesn't take the user's attention away from the core game or doesn't take them out of the core game experience, but still exposes them to advertising in, in, in a way that's worth money to the advertiser. 
But by looking so, at our pipeline right now, you're totally right because it seems like most of the developers are eager to start testing this new app format, and you know they they're just keen to understand how it sounds like, how it operates, how easy is it to integrate, and obviously, you know, what kind of incrementality does it generate. So, you know, we're seeing we're seeing good adoption on that side, and I believe, like I said, that there is a very important part of market education here. Obviously, on the game developer side, also on the gamer side and end user side, meaning, so we we definitely see that trend as well. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's 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 like kind of a misconception usually that like about integrating new ad formats and integrating new, uh, you know, new companies into the ad mix, and like publishers are super happy to do that. Publishers want to the more competition you bring to that that waterfall process or that that process of, of filling an impression, the the, the better you know the better the better the the impression monetizes right so like publishers love bringing more competition into their stack there they don't that's not seen as something that that you know that they have no incentive to do they have every incentive to do that because it increases competition for their inventory and makes it more valuable so i think my sense is like publishers probably would would love to integrate odeo um and there's nothing stopping them it's pretty simple and straightforward i think the bigger issue is like getting advertisers on board right and that well that's well, that'll follow supply. You have supply, advertisers will come. I, I totally agree with that sentence, by the way. And and this is where we're focusing more of most of our efforts right now and positioning ourselves in terms of gaining more and more market share within the supply side and the game developers. And again, we're seeing that demand does follow and we are able to deliver very decent fill rates in that sense. And also, you know, seeing the incrementality that we're delivering to our partners. So for now, again, you know, we're, we're very happy with how it looks like right now. And in terms of, you know, what you've mentioned about publishers wanting always to test, you know, new, let's say monetization tools or new solutions in that sense. So I, I definitely agree. But when you reach out to a game developer today with that same proposition of another video ad network for that sense, nobody would even go back to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we started off, we had lots of discussions with game developers and, you know, we have a very good friend here that has his own, his own small studio here in Israel. And he said, like, if you guys are able to get an SDK integration, I, I, I don't know, I, I can, I, I'll give you a thousand dollars for that. So like it was the perception is that it's so difficult to integrate new SDKs into the gaming space because, you know, you have those giants with the mediation networks, the, the large SSPs that are pretty much controlling the space. But when you come with a different offering, you know, an innovative one, with a different approach, and especially one that relates to you know the the timing and the changes within the market, so that's why we're seeing you know such huge response rate from the game developers right now. So I mean, how do you win in this market? Because let's put it this way: you're first mover. There's a demand. Um, you have the cases to prove that the product is working. Uh, you've only raised one million. That's that's peanuts. So what do you, how do you, how does audio win? Like, what do you have to do? Because uh, there, there is a demand for ad audio ads, and I think it will be just increasing. And then there will be competition. And then it will end up in the same place as with all the ad units that, that it's impossible to get your new SDK out. So, so what do you do? Like, what's the next step? So, so obviously, you know, like I mentioned before, on our side, in terms of the strategy, we're supply focused, meaning that we aim to integrate with many game developers as we can in the shortest uh, possible time. 
We're also discussing, you know, with the other obviously large SSP mediation networks of being able to integrate and work with those networks to be able to serve our technology into their clients, into their gamers. Um, so these are the areas that we're focusing first and foremost on the supply side. But obviously, you know, in terms of winning the market moving forward, uh, right now, like you said, we've raised a very decent amount, a million dollar pre-seed, which is, you know, very good for us and allowed us mm -hmm. to continue evolving and developing our product and our journey. But now I guess that, you know, in order to really step up into the market, so we would have to be able to get, um, let's say a larger investment. And this is where we're focusing our efforts now moving forward. So we're probably going to start raising our seed round uh, after getting some initial interest from uh, some of the investors that were talking to us during the previous uh, um, funding round, um, and also new investors that you know reached out to us following the news that um, we have raised the funds. So it seems like right now we're starting to roll out our seed round, which mm -hmm. will potentially allow us to grow the company. You know, first in terms of you know the team. Uh, being able to build a large team here in Israel that will support the growth of you know what we're expecting of this business to be moving forward, and apart from that, also investing in our technology and in our product. Uh, so these are the areas that we plan on focusing um, most of our efforts right now. Um, this, is, this is pretty much the, the the plan right now. How easy it is to build a team in Israel because, um, it, like like Eric said, there's so many startups and so many scale ups that um, that it's uh, it's no joke. It's no joke at all, and the competition is so fierce here. You, you know, mm -hmm. you mentioned startups, which is fine. We're able to compete, but then you have those giants right now, mm -hmm. all those public companies here in Israel. Yes, uh, you know, in the last I don't know six or eight months, there have been so many public you know companies over here and each one of those companies has like a hundred new uh you know uh, uh uh positions that they they advertise so obviously the competition is very fierce in that sense but you know we're trying to be creative we're israeli at the end of the day so we're trying yeah. to find our solutions into the market um you know we're trying to build our team here uh again focusing on people with experience from the space and like eric mentioned you know tel aviv is probably one of the best areas for edtech today in the world so you know we have lots of talents in the space here um so i guess this is the plan like focusing more and more on you know uh, attracting new talents here in tel aviv but also uh, being able to be competitive on uh, the product and development side so how many months before you open up eastern european uh location so uh, actually, because uh, you know, I, I followed uh, Israeli companies, that's so, usually so you, you the know way it, to go. And, and right now, our, our development center, meaning our CTO, is, mm -hmm. is Israeli, but mm -hmm. he moved to Ukraine um, and now mm -hmm. he's managing our site out of the Ukraine. Given Surprise. the understanding that in order for us to be able to scale the team, to be able to you know mm -hmm. work on the uh, uh, the future developments, so obviously we had to you know hire a larger team in Ukraine. Uh, we send our CTO um, that pretty much handles our site over there. Um, so we plan on growing that team as well. Uh, Ukraine is, is a great place. We have you know very talented developers over there. Um, but obviously, again, Israel for us, you know, this is where we also want to grow our business and focus on our efforts. So your CTO moved to Ukraine. 
to Kharkov or Kiev, somewhere there. So it's it's actually it's actually a, a, a smaller place. Uh, it's called Lvov, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. So so this is where he's based out of right now. This is where our development center is based right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have about eight developers working with us uh, over there um, under the guidance of our Andre, you know, the master CTO. Yeah. Um, and again, Ukraine is, is a very important part of our business, but we plan on being able to open our R&D center also here in Israel and being mm-hmm. able to attract local talents um, also to our company. Well, that sounds like uh, like any Israeli comp- any Israeli strategy, and and that's a good thing because the Israeli strategies are working like a charm. It's, it's always <laughs> that's what we're hoping for. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. Tel Aviv, move fast, open up. Like biggest employer in in Ukraine probably by now is the Israeli companies in the tech. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, hey, what can I say? It works. It clearly it, works. It so works. You guys know what you're doing. And then with one million Russian-speaking um, people in Israel, that's that's a that's a first location where to open up stuff. And, and Ukraine is actually part like a like a part of EU, kind of like a weirdly part of an EU. So those people can move more freely. I know because exactly. we hire from those locations, unlike the Belarusians and the Russians. So <laughs> good strategy. So I mean, uh, before we let you go, tell me like look, you know, how do people can reach out to you? How can they get audio and what are the next steps for audio? Because let's be honest, a lot of executives, a lot of investors listen to this, a lot of marketers listen to this. So what do you want to say to them? So I think that, you know, for us, first of all, in terms of how, how to reach us. Uh, so obviously you can find us on LinkedIn. You can go to our website, odeo.io, odeo.io. This is the website. You can feel free to email me, amit.odeo.io. Um, and I'm totally reachable. So obviously, um, this is an option and in terms of our future plans. So like I mentioned before, I think that for Q4, the focus for us would be, you know, keep on onboarding more and more studios. We've just onboarded three large hyper casual studios, uh, during the past months we've seen, we've been seeing again, good adoption, good traction from the market. We have close to 100 games that integrated our technology today. We're delivering close to 20 million monthly ad impressions, audible ad impressions within the space. So it's definitely growing and the potential is definitely there. So we plan on you know, focusing on the supply strategy that we have, having the discussions with the advertisers to educate them about the in-game audience since they have zero understanding of that space, honestly. And I think that most importantly, pretty much is, you know, our seed round that we're trying to, we're starting to roll out, uh, this Q4, uh, this is a plan for us to be able for next year, 2022 to significantly grow our numbers and be able to basically win the market. This is our plan. This is our vision. This is a strategy and, you know, we're ready to rock. Beautiful. And well, we'll be hearing about you, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure hope so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Amit. Thank you, Eric, for for doing this podcast. And for everybody interested in audio ads, there's audio. (laughs) Links in description. Get yourself some increased revenue. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Amit. Thanks, Misha. Thank you for listening to the whole episode. If you like this podcast, please do leave a comment and share the episode. If you want to access the Deconstructor of Fun community with hundreds of senior games folk, 
go to our website and apply to the Slack group. And if you want to get notified of all the new content we have coming out every week, do subscribe to the weekly Deconstructor of Fun newsletter. Finally, do remember, we love you guys and we appreciate you guys. Catch you next time.